I want to speak to you about our part five and then we can sit down. I want to draw your attention to First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, 14 and skip to 17. But I do not want you to be ignorant. And you know, that is something that we don't want the church to be. Absolutely ignorant, uninformed, no idea without any understanding. I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. They're concerned. The people that have passed away and that are dead, they're concerned they're going to miss out in, 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 the, in, in Christ's coming in a resurrection. And so he tries to deal with this. Lest your sorrow as others have no hope, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring him, though even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. So many references to the Christian sleeping, not dying. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive will remain and be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and thus we shall be with him thus we shall be with the Lord therefore comfort one another with these words so I want to speak on Bible prophecy the rapture of the church and the second coming of Christ Holy Spirit bless your word breathe upon it we pray grant understanding and revelation to us in Jesus name Amen. Go ahead and, and sit down. <clears throat> the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will rise and then we which remain will be caught up to meet him in the air and not on the ground. We will meet him in the air. Isn't it uncanny like I skipped, I skipped last Sunday because we had Pastor Rick Emerson, and wasn't he, wasn't, man, wasn't that, that was really great word, man, if you've not heard that. So maybe I was supposed to skip it, if, we're, if you're going to make something out of anything, maybe I was supposed to skip Sunday with this message of the rapture and the second coming of the church, because when the Bible says the trumpet will sound, it is ironic that I'm speaking on this subject, because today and tomorrow, is the Jewish feast of trumpets. <laughs> so it's the feast of trumpets that kicks off, I think, this evening. And we're preaching a message where the trumpet will sound. So that might not mean much to you guys, but I thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> so don't be ignorant. And uh, one, can only, uh, one can only be a little bit concerned sometimes at Christians who lack a foundation in understanding end times and eschatology I would have been numbered among many of you with with very little understanding of this unless my path was crossed with a dear elderly man called Pastor Leo Hart who I spent three years learning this with and I'm so grateful to him I love that man so much it's a shame that he's passed away that in our church in Geelong um one time he had it on his heart to gather the young adults and the youth. There must have been 50 of them on a weekly basis sitting at his feet 
in someone's lounge room and he was teaching him these things. And I thought, how cool for the emerging generation not to be ignorant of this. And so I'm thankful to him. I want to say to you that the rapture of the church and the second coming of Christ are different. And rapture is of the church is often, if you're watching online, I really want you to, as much as you can, uh, there, wherever you may find yourself watching, to stay tuned as, 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 uh, and concentrate as much as you can there online. And that is that the rapture is often neglected and misunderstood amongst the believers. It is our blessed hope. The church has a blessed hope. And that is that it will be caught up with Christ to meet him in the air. Titus chapter 2 verse 11 to 13 talks about the blessed hope. If the church was to go through the horrendous, catastrophic, great tribulation of such distress that the world will never have seen, what blessed hope is there in that? Now, there is conjecture about where the rapture is going to happen. Is it pre-mid, pre pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib? It's not post-trib, so let's write that off. But what will what I am here to tell you is that it will happen before the great outpouring of God's judgment and wrath upon this earth. If you want to know what that sounds like and looks like, just stay tuned a little bit longer. The Latin translation for the words caught up in verse 17 is rapturo, is the Latin translation, which we get the word rapture from. The original Greek translate caught up, meet him in the air, caught up, harpazo, and that means to be snatched. Harpazo means to be plucked away, the catching away, to be lifted by force. The Bible uses the word harpazo in Acts 8.30 when Philip, after bringing the word to the Egyptian eunuch and baptizes him water, is suddenly snatched from Gaza and teleported to Caesarea. Caesarea, it's coming. Too much enjoyment yesterday. The Bible, so the Bible uses the word harpaza to describe believers who are snatched, removed from the impending destruction and danger of the outpouring of God's wrath on humanity in the last days. It's a little bit like a child that has an oncoming car heading its way and we snatch the child away from danger. It's a little bit like the child who might have just got caught in a violent river rapid and we snatch the child from danger. The rapture and the snatching and the catching up of Christ's people is the snatching away from the impending distress that's going to come on the planet such, in such an unprecedented way that the world has never and will ever, never, ever see anything like it. And it is the outpouring of God's judgment on the nations of the world. The rapture experience is not a modern day invention as some would lead you to believe. 
It is something that you find through the Bible, 2,000 years and even plus. In Genesis chapter 6 and 7, Noah was removed from the outpouring of God's wrath on the planet. In Genesis 19:16, Lot and his family were snatched away and removed from the outpouring of God's wrath on Sodom and Gomorrah. There is a pattern in God removing his people from the outpouring of his wrath and anger and judgment. You're following. Sum up. Enoch in Genesis 5, 23 to 24 and Hebrews 11, 5. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years and Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. So he didn't see death. In Elijah, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1, Elijah was snatched up and taken by a chariot of fire. How cool to go like that, man. Get one of those things, come by your home, park itself, come for a ride, son. <laughs> hey? All you people who got classy cars out there, mate, that one would leave yours for dead. In 2 Corinthians 12, 2-4, Paul talks about a man who experienced harpazo. In 2 Corinthians 12, 2-4, I know a man in Christ who for 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows such a one was caught up, harpazo, to the third heaven. And I know such a man, whether in body or out of body, I do not know, God knows how he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. So the difference between the two of them is this. The rapture is meeting Jesus in the air. The second coming is when he's on the ground at the Mount of Olives. You say, when does that happen? That happens after the, great after the great battle of Armageddon and the outpouring of God's judgment and wrath on the planet. He comes down with us to set up his millennial kingdom rule. Now you stay with me on that. The rapture is Christ comes for his church. In the second coming, he comes with his church. The rapture delivers freedom from us, from, wrath's, from the wrath of God, but the second coming prior to it is the deliverance of God's fury and judgment. He says, right, I've had enough. The rapture is where the restrainer is removed. The second coming is where the antichrist is removed. And if you're kind of getting lost in this a little bit, be encouraged. I was at first until I began devoting myself to this. But we've still got to speak about this. Old man, Pastor Leo Hart, said to me, son, there's, two, there's four pillars of the gospel. Christ the Savior, Christ the Healer, Christ Baptizer of the Holy Spirit, and Christ the soon coming King. Do not leave the fourth one out, he said. And so let's look at, uh, let's look at the next slide here. Let us look at rapture, meeting Christ in the air. Then the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive will remain, will be harpazoed, caught up to meet him in the air, in the clouds, to meet him there. In the second coming of Christ, which we won't go to just yet, 
in the second coming of Christ, he's coming back riding as a militant warlord on a white horse to battle. Big difference. When he comes, he's bringing judgment to the nations in Revelations 19. And you all need to be encouraged that before a war, before a war is waged, ambassadors are always withdrawn back to their original nation before a war's raged. They don't leave them there. And so the church will be removed before the great tribulation and the pending distress and panic on the world. It is our blessed hope. Now, Jesus is going to remove his church from this incredible scene that's gonna happen upon the face of the earth. God is gonna pour out his judgment upon this planet and he's not gonna hold back. It is gonna be the whole hamburger with a lot. In Revelation 6, it says the stars will fall from the sky. I'm sure that the apostle John was seeing asteroids coming, comets falling from the sky. You see them in movies. How many movies are now made about the end of the world? It's like mankind has this distinct sense that we're heading there. Stars will fall from the sky. The sun will become black. The moon will become red. Mountains and islands will move out of place. Some suggest that when the asteroids strike the earth, the earth's crust may be so disturbed and significant segments of it will begin to slip and slide over the earth's mantle in order for mountains and islands to be moved and shifted. In Revelations 8, it says one third of the sea will die. Such catastrophe is coming upon the face of the earth. But I want you to know the blessed hope and be encouraged that Christ is coming for his church and making sure when he pours out his judgment and his wrath on this planet that you and I will be with him. Jesus Christ will rapture the church. Harpazo, the believers in Christ. Yes, people will come to Christ after the church is gone because the Holy Spirit will still be here. But if you want to be included amongst the believers in Christ that will come with Christ and be removed from the impending judgment, then friend, before you leave today, if you want to be removed from the horrendous distress that's about to come on the planet, the judgment and the wrath and anger of God coming upon the nations of this world who have shook their fist at him, and turned to their wicked ways. If you want to avoid the wrath and judgment of God coming in these last days and be numbered amongst the saints who will be caught up with Christ in the air, before you leave today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray and to ask Christ to come into your life and be numbered amongst such a company of people. Now, the second coming, thanks, Dan. The second coming, the location is not in the air. Then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations in the last day, the great battle, as he fights in the day of the battle. And that day, at that battle, when he wins, 
and overthrows the nations. His feet will come and he will stand on the Mount of Olives and from there on set up his kingdom rule on this planet. That will be the day of all days. Every nation on the planet will get shocked when the King of Glory, the Prince of Peace, the Great I Am comes and sets his government up in Jerusalem and governs the world. Next one, thanks, Dan. Now, with regards to the rapture, in 1 Corinthians 50, 51, 52, and 58, let, let me reveal to you what a wonderful secret that we will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in the moment in the blink of an eye. You know, some speculate, some speculate. People, some think that the rapture could happen during the Feast of Trumpets. Well, in that case, you're in good company today, I'll tell you. <laughs> but we don't know that. In the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown, for when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. As a matter of fact, Kate, didn't you, you had a dream about this stuff, didn't you? With it, come and tell the church a fascinating dream. Come yeah, on the spot, on the spot, ready in season and out of season. I cannot believe that Kate watched that whole game with me yesterday. She never watches the whole game. She's warming to becoming a believer. So I had a couple of dreams. One, one night I dreamt that, uh, that I saw the moon falling out of the sky. And uh, that was pretty phenomenal. But then an another dream that I had, I dreamt that I was walking past a cemetery and I actually saw a, a vision of just spirit bodies being lifted up out of the grave. So that was cool too. Was there anything else? Oh, yeah. So, with, you know, I love being up on stage. <laughs> um, so with the first one, yeah, it was, it was an incredible dream because um, I, I was walking along a, a country road uh, in Bendigo with Zoran and I saw the moon just slowly coming out of the sky and I heard everything winding down. So because it's all around us all the time, we may not necessarily notice it, but I heard like electricity and everything just coming to a halt and um, I thought I've got to go to the shops and stock up on water and stuff and... And um, yeah, so good dream. Fancy dreaming the the saints being caught up in the air. That's a good dream. Um, and so that's what the scriptures talking about in First uh, Corinthians fifty. In the second coming, Dan, thank you. In the second coming uh, of First Corinthians six two to three, do you not know the Lord's people will judge the world? Did you read that? Did you have a good read of that? Do you not know the Lord's people will judge the world? And if you are to judge the world, you are to be, you are not, you are not competent. And if you are to judge the world, are you not competent to judge trivial cases? I'll just stop there for a minute. Can we just stop there for a minute? Look, look at me here for a minute. We are all going to rule with Christ in the second coming when he comes on the Mount of Olives. 
listen, my advice to you, and, and listen up real quickly here, even online. Way, the way we all conduct ourselves here, the way we all behave here, the way we all go about our Christian business here has tremendous relevance by what we will be assigned in the millennial rule of Christ's kingdom. You with me? That's why he says, Can't, we're going to judge the nations. Can you all just get on with it and sort out your trivial matters? Do you know what I mean? Did you just hear what I said? We're going to judge nations. And we get offended over the tiny mozzie bite issues here. You don't need a sledgehammer to deal with a mozzie bite, to deal with a mozzie. Some of us get sledgehammers out to deal with mosquito issues. Did anyone hear that? Come on, church. You're going to rule and reign with Christ. And I'm telling you, we are going to be assigned responsibilities. We are not just going to be sucking on air. Deal with your trivial issues in godly ways. Amen? And please, make sure, as the Apostle Paul says, listen to your leadership and bring great joy to them here. And let them govern here in the church with great joy and cheer because we desire to do the best for you. And this is a great church, God. I just thought I'd slip that in. You're going to judge... It talks about trivial cases. Do you not know that we will judge angels? Oh, mine's another limit. How much more? And then Revelations 2, 25 to 26. To the one who is victorious and does my will to the end. This is Christ. I will give you, not your neighbor, not your, not your, not your father, not your mother, not your sister, not your husband, not your wife. I will give you authority. Over the nations, that one will rule them with an iron scepter and will dash them to pieces like pottery, just as I have received authority from my Father. Anyone looking forward to that responsibility? <laughs> Let's keep going. The rapture. Uh, thank you. The rapture delivers freedom. The second coming delivers fury. In the rapture in 1 Thessalonians 1.10, and we wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, what did you just read then? Who, what? Rescues us from what? From the coming wrath that God is going to pour out on the planet. Rescues us from that. In the second coming, God's fury is poured out. For God did not appoint, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, for God did not appoint us to what? Suffer wrath. But to receive salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just in fact as you are doing. Revelations 
since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will keep you from what? From the hour of trial that is going to come where? On the whole world. To do what? To test the inhabitants of the earth. To test the inhabitants of the earth. Now the rapture, this is where the restrainer is removed. The second coming is where the antichrist is removed. Please stay, stay with me on this. 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 to 4. How many are you getting something from this? 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 to 4. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and the gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in the mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if it were from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, which is the Antichrist. But wait a minute. Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits, as we covered this, didn't we? So that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God in the Jewish temple that will be rebuilt. Next bit to that passage. Do not remember, do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things, and now you know, watch, and now you know what is restraining him. Watch me. Now you know what is restraining the Antichrist. Now you know what is restraining him, that he may be revealed in his own time. Watch, for the mystery of lawlessness, which is the Antichrist and his rule, is already at work. Lawlessness is already at work. And only he who restrains will do so until he is taken away and then the lawless one will be revealed. When the restrainer is taken away, removed, then the lawless one, the Antichrist, will be revealed. In this, let's look at second coming here, Second Thessalonians 2, 7, 8. For the mystery of lawlessness is ready at work, right? And that second part in verse 8 there, and then the lawless one will be revealed when the Lord will consume him with the breath of his mouth and destroy him with the brightness of his coming. When the restrainer is removed, the lawless one will be revealed and go about all his stuff and then Christ comes to destroy him riding on a white horse. When the, when the restrainer is removed, the lawless one goes for it. I mean goes for it. And then Christ will deal with him, overthrow him and the nations that attack Israel on that great day and he will set up his kingdom. When the restrainer is removed and taken away. Well, what on earth does all that mean? Let's 
let me just summarize this and I'll come back to the restrainer. Jesus in the rapture, we meet him in the air. Christ comes for his church. He delivers freedom and the restrainer is removed. Coming, the second coming of Christ, he lands his feet on the Mount of Olives. The location's different. Christ comes with his church. He delivers fury and judgment and the Antichrist is removed. But the restrainer, who is the restrainer? Let's ask that question here. Who is the restrainer? The restrainer is something that's often speculated amongst biblical scholars and prophetic commentators. But we can see in the original Greek, the restrainer means ketako, the one who holds back, the one who detains, and the one who hinders. The one who holds back the Antichrist because he's not revealed. The one who detains. The one who hinders him from being revealed. So here is what people speculate. They speculate that the Antichrist will be revealed when the Holy Spirit's removed. He's the restrainer. I don't necessarily buy into that. Because I think the Holy Spirit will still be here to convict people of their sin when the church is taken away. Some people speculate it's a political force or a political figure. We can't see much evidence of that. Some people speculate that Michael the Archangel is the restrainer. Then again, I would like to suggest strongly to you that I think this is your pastor here, right? Having a little bit of license. Can I have a bit of license here? I believe it's highly possible that the restrainer is the praying church. Because Daniel, when he was praying and fasting for 21 days, you with me? He was praying for 21 days. And then the prince of Persia, the power, spiritual force of wickedness that still hovers over modern day Iran. Daniel, through his prayers and the summoning of Michael the archangel, is able to restrain the prince of Persia and bring the answer that needs to come. I think, in my view, I I would like to suggest to you very strongly that the restrainer is the church being taken away. When the church is taken away, Christ's church is taken away, and the praying church is removed, all hell can rampage. You have no idea how much our prayers are restraining and binding the works of darkness on this planet. I believe it with all my heart. Do you know the definition to restrain means to hold back? The definition of restrain, maybe if I can have the team to come up. The definition of restrain means to hold back, to tie up, to prevent from moving, to bind, to shut down, to resist to resist and to prohibit. I don't know about you, but the last time I looked, that was the church's job description that you find in Matthew 16, 19. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever you bind on earth and restrain shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Luke 10, 19 says, I have given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and power over all the enemy. That's the church restraining the devil. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, 
says, I have given you authority. I have given you authority. I have, 2 Corinthians 10, sorry, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 says, for the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, to the casting down of imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. The church's ability to restrain the works of darkness and the weapons of our warfare to bind and to loose, to pull down and take charge and authority and and to commission and, and petition heaven to intervene here on earth is so powerful and so potent. Can you imagine what it would be like to remove the church of the living God off the platform? All hell is about to say, let's bring out the big guns. Everything that was in our way is completely removed. The church, our church, numbered amongst the church. Jesus is not coming back for a church less powerful than what he left. He's not coming back for a weak, feeble, defeated, depleted church. He's not coming back for that. Come on, is anyone with me? The type of church that Jesus Christ is coming back, is coming back for a praying church, a praising church, a spiritual warfare church, a passion-filled, spirit-filled church. He's coming back for an overcoming, restraining, binding, loosing church, a victorious, glorious, overcoming, triumphant church. He's coming back for a church full of champions, people who champion justice, people who champion injustice, people who are full of mercy. He's coming back for a fearless, faithful, church. He's coming back for a tongue-cheeking, tongue-talking, spirit-filled, Holy Ghost-empowered church. He's coming back for a church that will save souls, move mountains, and shift the heavenly atmospheres above cities, above regions. He's coming back for a church that will break every chain.